everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Wow. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, you know, I now say that. I'm Dr. Pat. I now say that, that Talk Radio to Thrive By. It's always been the tagline for the show, but it's taken on new meaning. We are broadcasting live from the floor of One the Event, One Gathering, One the Gathering, and One Becoming One. Uh, as we said before, you can watch live at onetheevent.org, or you could go and Transformation Talk Radio and watch. People have watched part of the webcast, and actually Natalie joining us here today, we're going to actually get some information from, from her about it, because she actually tuned in, but she is my very special guest today. You know, I think each of us has a, a sense of what we have been dedicated to do on this planet, and helping others with love and compassion, and all the tools that the universe has is what Natalie's about. You know, whether folks have lost their direction or need some help in breaking through something or through a transition in life, uh, whether that is divorce or loss of a loved one or loss of a job, and, wow, I actually have done all of those here. Uh, actually, this is, uh, I think she's like, I think I, she's been here to help me. But she's joining us here today. Like so many of the people, uh, have said yes to these interviews, these conversations. People that are very busy in their own life. You know, Natalie is very, very busy. She holds meditation circles. She gives readings. She shares energy attunements, healing systems, provides healing. She is an Akashic Record reader. You're going to find out about this here, too. Uh, and more importantly, connects with spirit, the spirit realms, uh, in many many ways, master teacher, various Reiki, energy healing modalities, certified medical intuitive, angel communication. I could go on, but I want you to meet her. You know, experience as a talk show host, absolutely. But more importantly, she has said yes, like so many people have said to the journey that we are all on, a shift in the energy and the force that is out there in the world Ten years of fear that we have been able to build up to this place where I think we're ready to move forward. Natalie, thank you so much. It's so great to have you on the show. I am just so honored to have been asked and to be here. To me, this is an amazing opportunity and just an amazing chance to connect with so many who are on the same journey as you and I are. So I'm just humbled to be here. It's great to have you here, and, you know, you also are in the process of joining us on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, and I want to thank you for doing that. Um, I can't wait. I'm all excited already. It's, it is. It's, it's phenomenal. You know, I, I have read much about what you have said yes to, but I want to ask you in your own words, what do you stand for in your life? What is your life built upon? What's the foundation by which you wake up every day and take that first breath in daylight? Ooh, that's a tough question. I would say the thing that I'm based on is unconditional love, compassion is the second, and integrity is the third and all of them I couldn't do without the spiritual realms helping me every sleeping and every waking second of my life Mm. you know let's talk about that connection to spirit 
Um, many people have said uh, that the acts of 9-11 have not been acts of love, uh, that, you know, hate begets hate. As a matter of fact, I started, uh, I did a post on uh, Marianne Williamson's uh, uh, website about the event, and there was a dialogue that began about, you know, how can we shift to love when this, when, you know, the 9-11 of 2001 was so grounded in hate. You know, what are you trying to do? And I wanted to ask you to speak to that, especially from, you know, what you've learned as someone that lives so so much of your time, if not all of it, in these, let's just call it spiritual realms for now. Well, it's, it's, it's another great question, Pat. The thing is that when 9-11 occurred, I was not fully honest with my spiritual path at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I was just like many other people trying to fit in with what society expected me to do. So once 9-11 hit, it was to me almost like, for lack of a better term, it was like an awakening because suddenly I realized there's so much more that I'm here to do. Of course, being a wife, being a sister, being a daughter, all of those are enormously important. And some people do that, and that is their mission. For me, it became very crystal clear that day that that was not enough, and everything that I had done up till then came together. I was actually uh, in Washington, D.C., and I actually uh, witnessed the plane going into the Pentagon. So I saw it in many ways firsthand. But what I've come to realize, and... I guess for many people, like you mentioned, it's really hard to understand. What I've come to realize since then is that I believe very much, as as Carolyn uh, Mace often said, in sacred or soul contract. Mm. And what that means to me is that everybody involved in the events of 9-11 actually fulfilled an enormously complex and complicated contract that we all had with one another. So they helped us whether they were the ones who supposedly acted out of hate and often blinded hate, of course, when we're thinking about those who committed that act, or those who chose to transition at that point in time. They all did it for us. And I think once you begin to understand what soul contracts are about and how complicated they are, often coupled, even in our daily lives, with acts that we would normally or socially probably term evil or mean or anything of that sort. Once we realize that actually we've agreed to experience those things, I think we become enormously grateful um, to especially those who transitioned, um, the many people who chose to transition that day out of what I would call almost selflessness in a sense. And they helped us wake up and try to make so many changes to our lives. And the gratitude that I feel because of that um, does not allow me anything else but to reciprocate with love and compassion. You know, this is something that I think we are all, uh, all of us really struck by because, you know, on a day that was so horrific uh, in so many ways, it opened up the hearts of millions of people. You know, it's really paradoxical, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's paradoxical because okay. if you look at the at the big puzzle, uh-huh. I mean, 
Let, let me say it this way. Yeah. In society as we know it, it is oxymoronic, contradictory, whatever. Yes, yes. But if you look at the big picture, mm-hmm. whenever we have a tragedy, that's when the, it brings out the best in people. Yes. And that's why we have so many heroes all over the place, if that's what we want to call them, who just stepped up and helped. Uh, and it still continues today. Of course, you also have some people who would rather turn away and not get involved. Um, they're just not quite ready yet for their spiritual path but we are all one and I think in in those instances where we have unfortunately have to have experienced tragedies that's when the world comes together I mean the events of 9-11 the whole world came together to try and support everybody who had direct impact from the 9-11 events and it was not just the United States. It was the whole world who got impacted. So I think it's enormous, and it brings out the best in people when we realize we are one and we can actually help each other. And that can be very empowering when people who might normally think they have nothing to give, all of a sudden just by, I don't know, going out in the street and helping somebody get up or giving somebody a um, a pillow or something to drink, you realize that you actually can make a difference. And I think that's where really a lot of uh, the gratitude, I guess, for lack of a better word, comes in that, that we can, in a sense, feel for the events of 9-11. You know, you mentioned Carolyn Mace's work on sacred contracts. I, I think that's uh, one of the most incredible bodies of work. Um, and, uh, and, you know, my own life and looking at that, I've used, I've used that reference quite a few times quite a few times to really look at my life here in the past 10 years as well. Um, You know, for our listeners that may not know about what sacred contracts are, let's talk about your life for a moment in that Mm -hmm. context. Because I sat here and I knew that when I was introducing you, Natalie, I, I couldn't possibly get through the body of work that you have said yes to do in this lifetime. I say body of work, but it really is truly the gifts that you bring uh, in this lifetime. And I would love to hear how your life story uh, had become woven into what it is today, what that sacred contract might look like to others. Well, I think that's a very fair question to ask, and I think I mentioned briefly earlier that, you know, on the event, on the day of 9-11, I was really not that much on my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. So let me briefly go a little further back. When I was a child, I already um, had all the gifts that I believe everybody is born with. I believe we all have the same gifts. It's just whether in this lifetime we use them or not. That's the only difference between us. And so when I was a child, there were many times when people might mention somebody being sick or not feeling well, and it scared the living daylights out of me when I was a child, and I could just, without thinking about it, say whether that person was going to get better or not. Oh, wow. I didn't have to think about it. And my mother um, and my brother, they never stopped me from that. But it was very interesting that still I tried to conform to social rules, so I, I would just, in a sense, silence myself a little bit. And then I tried to fit in, did all the right things, got married and all of that. And um, then 9-11 came and I realized how how unhappy I was in many ways. And I was unhappy because I was not being true to myself. 
And so 9-11, in that sense, was also a big wake-up call for me. I already knew that I wasn't happy, but I needed some kind of big event to just push me over the edge. Um, so I made a couple of changes. I tried to save my marriage at that point. That did not work out. And um, it took me a long time to understand that I had to make certain changes to my life because there was a pattern in my life which I think many people that I would call light workers have, and that piece is we always want to try and save everybody. Yes. We always try. We're saying that we can help this person, we yeah. can help this person. And, uh, we give so much, we forget to receive, we give so much, and very often what I realized is if we keep trying to save everybody, we're actually preventing them from learning their lessons. So once I realized that, I had no other choice but to end my marriage, and um, in many ways that was not an easy choice to do, as you can probably imagine. I mean, I was committed to marriage. I was committed to making it through, and then you've got all the financial aspects. All of a sudden, what I think I was about uh, 35 years old, all of a sudden I was going to make a complete life change. I had pets, and how was I going to pay for all of that, and all of that was going on at the same time, and it took me a whole summer um, after I moved out to realize and actually be grateful for everything that happened in my marriage. And I don't want to go into all the details of the marriage, but I had to clearly quit the marriage. So I am now very, very grateful to my ex-husband. And we have a pretty um, decent relationship at this point because I've realized how much he has taught me and how much he needed to teach me in order for me to stand up for myself so that I was able to move completely into the spiritual work. I still have a full-time job at this time, but I'm moving out of that as we speak to fully really just focus on, on this work. And now I am just even more blessed with the friends that I have, the connections like with you and, for example, Whispering Energy that I've made. Uh, my cats are happier, and just this past year, I've been um, completely out of the blue, blessed with a, a little baby girl, and I'm in a very happy relationship now. So everything has changed, but I know that I could not have gotten here without all of the lessons, as per the contracts that I had made with my ex-husband, with my grandmother, with my father, all those experiences that many of us have had, and many times not easy, we need to understand that they did what we agreed to do. They helped us step into our own existence and our own being. That's it in a nutshell. Well, you know, this is so important because, you know, what I love about the show that I do and certainly, the sh you know, the radio shows that you do and have been part of, um, you know, we we get to connect with so many people. And, you know, they get to know us. Um, we get to know them. And we also get to know ourselves. And that's what I'm finding about my participation in this weekend. I'm learning things about myself, and I'm looking at myself in ways I hadn't looked before. And and so much of what you just shared um, comes from the same places. You know, an end of a 14-year relationship for me, uh, life-threatening illness, so forth and so on. And I used to think to myself, there's got to be a bigger meaning to why this is all happening. How do we hold on to the faith? How do we hold on to the faith that there will be a better day? 
I think that's just because somewhere inside of us we know. We've always known. Even though that when we come into this place, when we come onto Earth, it's sort of like all of a sudden we have amnesia, which is why the concept of soul contract is so hard to understand. I mean, why would we sign up for a bad marriage? Why would anybody want to sign up for the events of 9-11? I mean, those are horrible events. But the thing is, when we make our contracts, we're not on this plane of existence. We can't either, either even fathom some of the things that are happening. So that little um, part of divinity, that core, is always with us. And therefore, we hold on to our hope or to our belief, to our inner sense, because we know deep down inside, even if it's just a, a tiny little sprinkle of that flame anymore, we know somehow that there is a reason for this and somehow it all makes sense. We just know. And there's no other way to explain that. It's just always part of us because we are part of the divine. So we're all one. So we all know that in the end, we together can just change the world, and that's what we're here to do. You know, I um, I have an interesting question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you can help me out with this. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh- Okay, so if you were to come into my uh, home office or you come into my office area and uh, you take a look around at the several of the, let's just call them altars right now I have, you will find various depictions of the goddess Isis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm saving this question for you. People have said, what do you like about this goddess? I don't have a clue. Now, I've never been to Egypt. I um, I have since people have asked me so many questions about ISIS, I have done my best to find out what I can. But it's not a connection I describe uh, or can describe. I noticed you too have a connection to ISIS. <laughs> Help me understand the connection and what ISIS represents. Well, those are two very different questions. Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> the first one is, and of course you know all that, but the first one that I want to go back to actually is the second question you asked, what about ISIS? Yes. ISIS is a goddess, and she stands in many ways for similar things as, I guess in the Christian tradition, uh, Mother Mary. Um, and a lot of other things as well. So I would call her, uh, the best way I can explain her is probably a cross between Mother Mary and the uh, Greek goddess Athena. Ah, yes. I think that would make most sense because she could be uh, very warlike. She was ready to go to war when necessary, but she was also a very motherly, caring figure um, who was married, of course, to Osiris. And Osiris, um, in a nutshell version, ended up dead and pretty much all of his limbs taken apart. But Isis loved him so much that she and her sister, Nephthys, actually went out, found the different body parts that had been spread all over, and brought him back to life. So that says something about the unconditional love yeah. and, and the power of healing and love or the power of love and unity that once you are committed, you are loyal and you just have a sense of ability of healing. 
of course, in a sense, then in our world, that's much more of a metaphor uh, for us on how we can heal somebody. I don't necessarily think that if somebody was completely dismembered that our task is to necessarily put him or her back together completely. But in a sense, that is what we are here to do because when we're looking at human beings in the world today, they are often multitasking. Um, they're dealing with so many different things in their lives that they feel as if they're dismembered. Mm-hmm. And then it is our job to help them become one and become whole again just by being connected with who they truly are, knowing themselves and really loving themselves. Mm. Um, that's how I see it. I, I, lo- I love that description. I, I, I have to tell you myself, my own personal journey, I have felt dismembered uh, over the past seven or eight years. And uh, it's an interesting way to look at things. And by the way, uh, those are two of the three goddesses that you will find in this, this space I just described, Athena uh, and Isis. Uh, the third uh, is Madame Pele. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting, these three. <laughs> it's been perfectly as well. Isn't that interesting? You know, uh, there is so much that that you bring forth. I mean, I, I want folks to, first of all, know lots about you. I want to take a moment and just have you uh, give out some information to our, to our listeners so that they know how to find out more about you, how to find you on Facebook, and much more. Okay. Um, well, the easiest way to find me is either on Facebook or on my website. On Facebook, you just put, look for Natalie, and actually the um, username for Facebook would be um, the Facebook address backslash net, nat, N-A-T, ISIS2012. That's the easy way to find me uh, on Facebook, and I try to be active on Facebook because I I try to share daily uh, affirmations and other things there. Uh, and then on my website, which is very simple, it's just called HealingIsis.com, and you can find me there. Uh, and it's just one of those things that I try to bring out there as much as I can. I'm actually just right now doing, uh, starting tomorrow, I'm doing a six-week class, uh, meditation class. I'm doing some spiritual development classes. Uh, next week, we're starting with our Meet Your Spirit Guides class, which is also a six-part class. And I teach that locally as well as virtually. So in November and December, I'll, te- I'll be teaching all of these classes also online via webinar style, and uh, actually, I'm very happy to use, if I may say that, uh, due to my connection with Whispering Energy, one of the visionaries um, who works with Whispering Energy, Dr. Stephen Nakris, has developed something that's called Sacred Ground, which is a platform where we use webcams, and it's like as if we're all in the same room together. Yes. And I run a lot of my classes like that, um, where we have people from all over the world just looking at each other. The last meeting we had was, I think, people from um, from somewhere in the Middle East, in Europe, in the United States, in Australia, and it feels like we're all together. And the important piece of this is that we're actually looking each other in the eyes so there's no more hiding. We really have to look at each other. And so I try to teach a lot of my classes um, like that. Um, upcoming right now, there's a, there's a huge program that I'm involved in. It's called Revolution for Evolution, and um, I'm doing a presentation actually at the end of the month for that, which is based on soul contracts. 
I love it. Uh, wow, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, I am so looking forward to, you know, partnering with you. I think this is going to be a beautiful, beautiful ride. I wanted to ask you one last question. What is your personal message? What would you love to leave with all of us today? I think the only thing I can really think of is leave alone social conditioning, be yourself, and embrace yourself, and then you can feel the love and give the love and receive the love. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have a very, very special wrap-up for you. Myself, Heather, and Michelle will share some of the insights, some of the things that have happened here so far two days at One the Event. Please go to onetheevent.org for all of the activities. Watch live, webcast, uh, participate, get a chat going on, and much more. you got to get in the game to make it a game changer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Dysfunction between you and me We must free up these tired souls Before the sadness kills us both I tried and tried to let you know I love you but I'm letting go It may not last Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, host of the Dr. Pat Show and founder of Transformation Talk Radio. There's never been a more important time for me, my life, to take a look at what I fear and what I love. And so being born in New York City and growing up on the East Coast, 9-11 really hit me dead on in the heart. Like so many people, I had mixed emotions, emotions of not just fear, but fear and loathing, so to speak. So what is it about this year that makes it so special on the 10th anniversary? And why are we so involved in one the event? Well, I'll tell you what it is. I've had to take a look at my life many times over, especially whether or not I love myself. And so for all of you out there that are open to having a different perspective and ready to make the shift from fear to love, please join me. We can do this one step at a time, but the most important part right now is to say yes. And don't forget to visit TransformationTalkRadio.com over the shell in Seattle. Love is laughing wildly while playing Pictionary with your kids. Love is the sweet, succulent burst of summer's first strawberry. Love is allowing the sun's rays to caress every area of your body, seeping in the warmth of God deep into your soul. Love is smiling for no good reason, which inspires a return smile from another. And when I remember to love, all of the little love moments are what make up my life. And then I love my life with a big L. Michelle with one L at the Dr. Pat Show. This is Karen Hager from FogCityPsychic.com. The events of September 11, 2001 affected everyone around the world in some way. For some, it was very personal, losing loved ones, friends, colleagues. Even if we were not personally touched, we were changed. Our lives and our viewpoints were abruptly altered. Coming to terms with the past is critical to mindfully embracing the present. Fear tells us to hold on tighter, ferociously guard what little we have in case someone tries to take it away. 
Fear brings all the light and air and possibility in the world down to a dark, desperate, pinpoint focus. Love invites us to relax our death grip, give freely from what we have so there is space to be filled with more good things. Love lifts our head from that desperate, narrow focus and opens our senses so we can breathe the air, see the light. Today and in the days to come,